Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. <laughs> Excuse me. And welcome to Your Metaphysical Minute with Geraldine St. Joseph. I'm speaking to you from Kaneohe, Oahu, Hawaii, just up the road from beautiful Kailua Beach, one of the best beaches in the world. And today our topic is Metaphysics 101, the basics. The reason I'm giving this talk is to help people understand the basic terminology that most metaphysicians or metaphysicists use and what metaphysics is really all about. People talk about the law of attraction, meditation, psychic readings, and so on, and many times they don't understand the basic principles behind these things. The question is, do you really know the language and do you have the language to express your thoughts in these fields, what you need to know, and so on? Do you really understand when someone's talking to you about this, the terms that they're using and why they're using them? So the first thing I want to do is clarify is what is metaphysics? Metaphysics is considered a branch of philosophy. It investigates reality on a level that's different than simply scientific. It looks at the scientific nature of things, but it also looks above that, the things that cannot be explained, the things that are more difficult to test, and so on. Metaphysics derives from Greek, meta meaning beyond, and physic meaning the physical. So it's beyond the physical. It's basically investigating how everything is connected and how it all works together, how everything relates to one another. So and there's many different branches of metaphysics, but we use it as a general term basically at this point in time. What I would like today is if there's anyone who has specific questions to call and ask. That way we can touch on subjects that you're interested in as opposed to just what I want to talk about. So the first thing that I'd like to talk about is being psychic. Like what is being psychic? What does that mean? Being psychic is just simply being able to touch the physical world in a different way, being able to look at things in a different way, um, using all of our senses congruently, um, as well as the ones that aren't counted in the five senses. It incorporates many, many different types of talents. Um, there's clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, um, being able to read through touch, through smell, uh, through sounds, Everyone picks up information differently. And I wouldn't consider one way better than the other. It's, it's, they all fit together similarly, and I've worked with different types of practitioners. And it seems like no matter which gift a person has, 
that we will tend to get the same information. We may receive it in a different way, but it's still basically the same information. So you have clairvoyance. Clairvoyance is um, anything where you have clair in the beginning of the word. Clair means clear. So clairvoyance means clear vision. It means that um, you receive visions. You see things in images. And that's the way you pick up your information. Going with that, if clairvoyance is clear vision, then clear audience would be clear hearing. That you hear spirit. You speak to spirit. You hear things above the realm of where most people can hear. Clairsentience is knowing things, just having that um, inner knowing that helps you to um, it helps you to give a reading. It, it just pops in your head. It's not like you're hearing a voice. It's not like you're seeing a vision necessarily. It's just a knowing and it just flows through. Um, clear sentience is also um, sensing, so through touch. So there's probably a hundred different ways that a person can pick up on um, different types of information. There's some people who need to be in the presence of a person and feel them. There's other people who could be at a distance and they only need a name and then they can pick up on that person's energy. So it all depends on the person. The um, act of getting information through smell is called clear alliance, which I'm probably pr pronouncing wrong, but it's clear alliance and that is through smell that they pick up different things. Clear cognizance is knowing. I'm sorry, clear sentience is when you touch. Clear cognizance is just simply knowing. And there's something called clear gustance, which is tasting. And that would be by tasting something, you would be able to perceive um, the different spiritual essence of um, the food or whatever it is you're tasting. So, so I had asked people to send me questions. And the biggest question that I received is, what is intuition? And how do I know the difference between intuition and what I'm just thinking about? Or what I'm, I'm hoping for, what I'm feeling? The way that I teach my students to differentiate between intuition and thought and feeling is to be is to be conscious of their physical self, to really be aware of your body and how your body reacts to things. When you're giving a reading to someone and it's a thought, you generally don't have much of a physical reaction in your body. When it's an emotional issue, you feel it in your upper chest and your throat, and you feel the energy form there and come out through there. When it's an intuition, you feel it in your solar plexus, which is right at the bottom of your rib cage in the center of your being. And your solar plexus is your connection with the world. That's where your instinct lies. It's your gut feeling. 
So when it's something that you're supposed to move towards, that generally loosens up and you feel comfortable or a sense even of being pulled towards something. When in, there's danger, you generally will feel a, a, it closes up, it gets very tight, and you can feel it pulling back. So that is intuition. The way to develop your intuition would be to play with it. It's like any other muscle. It needs to be, it needs to be practiced. So you can do different games like guessing who's on the phone when it rings, writing it down, and then answering the phone. Although that, that's kind of a new point now that we have caller ID, but try not to look at the caller ID before you guess. And you write it down, you see how many times that you're correct. Um, there are other games you can play, and I always tell people to try and follow their intuition as much as possible. When you're getting, when you're driving and you're getting an instinct to turn left instead of going straight, then turn left and see what's there for you. You might be avoiding an accident. Uh, you may be moving towards something, or maybe you'll bump into an old friend. Just see what happens and keep track of those things. And over time, you'll see that uh, your instinct and your intuition really pulls you in the right direction. There's not always an answer. If you're avoiding an accident, a lot of times you won't know that that's what's happening unless the accident still occurs. It's just that you're not in the middle of it. So let's see. What does it mean to be psychic and does everyone have psychic abilities? I believe that we're all born very sensitive and that as we get older, our parents teach us not to trust ourselves and we're taught to put more faith in other people and other things than we have in ourselves and our spirit guides. So I believe we're all psychic. We all have good instincts, good intuition when we're born. We know a little bit more about what's going on in the world because we're closer to God at that time. And then as we get older and we're, uh, we're told that what we're seeing is not real, that's when we lose that ability. Also what happens is that when you tell your child, when they come to you crying because there's a man in their room and you go in the room and you don't see anything, but they see it, and you tell them it's not there and just to be quiet and go to sleep, you're basically telling them not to trust themselves and you are really undermining, undermining their self-esteem because there's a lack of faith in themselves at that point. And I know a lot of people do this unconsciously, but now that you know about it, think about it. Try and calm yourself when you feel your child getting upset and you see if they are really upset. This is not just something to stay up late at night. Take a couple deep breaths when you go in the room and see if you feel funny or if you feel something. You may not. You may not be that sensitive. Kids are way more sensitive than we are. But if you do, then sit in the bed with them and say a little prayer with them and ask whatever it is to go away. Empower your child. Whether you could feel it or not, empower your child. Tell them to say the Our Father or to pull in white light energy or to call in their guardian angel. There's a hundred different ways to handle it where you would be empowering your child against any energetic that may be there that's unwanted versus disempowering them and allowing them to be vulnerable then to 
whatever's hanging out and making them afraid and creating a person who does not have any self-esteem and has no faith in themselves. So one of the things that uh, I highly recommend for children is to tell them to tell it to go away in a strong voice without fear and to call on their guardian angel. Most faiths have some kind of guardian angel mythology in them. So that should be all right for most people to do. Um, To ask your guardian angel to please show their presence, make their presence known, and to get rid of whatever it is that's bothering the child. And this sounds very simple, but most people don't think of it. A lot of times you're sitting trying to watch a movie and your kid keeps running out screaming about some person that's in their room that you can't see, and it gets annoying. If you give them these tools, you won't have those problems. So let's see what other questions were sent to us this past week. Um, Let's see. Are the tools of Tarot, I Ching, astrology, and others really foolproof? Can common people use them to receive guidance? Okay. I like the word foolproof. That's kind of funny. No, nothing's foolproof. Whenever you're doing a reading, especially for yourself, there's always an outcome that you want to see. There's always some resistance there in you that may not allow the full picture to come forward because you don't really want to see it. So when using any type of tool, especially if you're not trained to be objective, which most of us um, A lot of people have a difficulty being objective in most situations. It's best, like with astrology, there's um, different books that can give you guidance. Or um, with Tarot, there's different books that give you readings based on the cards that you got and that type of thing. That kind of objective information is better, but then we still take it in subjectively. So as long as you keep that in mind, and you use it as a basic guide for the day as opposed to uh, a steadfast rule, you'll be okay. If you're looking to these things to give you the answers, to tell you which way to go, it doesn't work that way. It can give you an idea, um, like I tell people when I'm giving a reading when I used to do tarot, the tarot is there to show you where the energy is flowing at this time. If you keep doing what you're doing, this is the direction it's going to go in. This is the probable outcome. You have free will. Thank God for that. And with free will, you make the choice. Do you want that outcome? Now, there are certain things that you really don't have too much say over. However, most things you do have some input in. So what I always ask for is um, that my greater good be served because you're not seeing the whole picture. I'm not seeing the whole picture. We're just asking that whatever is best for us in the long run is what happens. It's better to look at the long run than the short term because we may get something in the short term that we think is really great and be missing out on something that's really powerful in the long run because we've gone on a different path. We've taken a different road. 
can anybody use them? I would say yes, anybody could use them, but just like anything else, um, just use it as a guide and don't take it too seriously. I would say if you pulled cards and they said that uh, you need to be careful today, just be a little more aware of what's going on. Um, I wouldn't base my life on it. However, it is a good guide because it works on a subconscious level and it brings you what you need to see. I've done experiments with other practitioners where we'll take one subject and several different people will read them using different methods and we all get the same answers and it's really interesting. Unless the subject then changes their course while we are um, in the midst of doing the readings, like one of the readers may say something that makes them change where they're going and the next reading will be slightly different. So that's always interesting. And as I said last week, a reading should definitely help you with direction and just feeling better and knowing that you have a choice and that you can do, you can go in a variety of ways and you don't have to just feel that your life is written already. Um, how does one change one's limiting beliefs? There's a lot of stuff out there right now about the law of attraction, which is great. Um, I'm so happy that it's in the general public and that the, um, the media has <clears throat> embraced it as opposed to knocking it down like they do so many other positive aspects of metaphysics. The problem that I see is that most of what I see out there with the law of attraction starts you in the middle. It doesn't really give you a good um, grounding from the beginning. It, it just basically starts you off where it's, it's like learning how to swim and it's like somebody throwing you in the pool and being like, okay, do the breaststroke. It's like, okay. You know, I, I didn't learn how to float yet. How, how do I do that? How do I stay on top of the water? And that's what I see with a lot of these practices and a lot of books out there is that the authors assume that you have a basic knowledge that may or may not be there. And I believe that it should be stated somewhere in there that, you know, there's a basis that maybe this isn't the starting point, this is the middle. Oh, and I see we have a caller. Let's see if we can get them on. Hello? 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 Hi, Hi good morning. Hi. Yes, I can. I just, oh, good. I just tuned in, and I was wondering, I'm not sure if you're doing readings or not, but um, is that what you're doing? No, I, I'm not doing readings. We're talking about metaphysics. Okay. And if you have any questions about, um, oh, sure. you know, like what certain things are, what terms mean, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, I, I guess what might be pertinent for me to understand or get somebody's perspective on is when things are predicted uh, for you or when situations mm -hmm. change instantly and you feel like a different outcome is happening than what you expected. Is it possible to neutralize some of those things? Is it our thoughts that create these new uh, determining outcomes? Or that is, is a great question. Yeah. 
yes, it, it, it's our intention that changes the flow of the energy. When you're getting a reading, basically the reader is telling you if things stay the same the way they are, that this mm -hmm. is the probable outcome. Mm -hmm. So like the way I do readings is we look at, okay, if we make this decision, what's going to happen? If I make this decision, what's going to happen? So we look at all the different things and see what the probable outcomes are with each different path that we can take. Mm -hmm. okay. So your decision definitely impacts what's happening. Mm -hmm. And how can I change something? Like I just got a reading pool of doom and gloom, you're going to be poor for another six months and it's awful and it was different than what I thought or expected for myself. And although I had well, gotten, you know, well. Did she ahead. say why? Um, did they give you a reason why things were not going to pick up or? Not really, but uh, last night there was a, a falling out of something that was, could have been like a key relationship. Or mm -hmm. something was in question. I think things, I felt like things changed after that. Oh, in a positive respect or negative? No, somebody from my, my past had, had showed up and it wasn't anything that I could have done differently in the situation. But I think that right. somebody turned out to be good friends with somebody else, that kind of a thing. Oh, okay. So basically when you, when you get the reading and it sounds like all doom and gloom, mm -hmm. the first thing that happens is I would question, I would say, okay, ask the reader, is there something I could do to change this? Yes. And what is it that I can do to help make this transition easier? Because a lot of times you're getting information so that you're prepared for it, so that when the bottom does drop out, you have... Uh, prepared for that, and it it doesn't it's not so hard. Um, for instance, like if I see someone say losing their job in a couple months, and I'm not sure exactly what I'm seeing, but I see all of a sudden there's this loss of money, and it's like two months down the road. I'll tell them, you know, there's a loss of money at this point. They're not showing me what you could do to change it, so it's probably something that will be for your greater good in the long run. Yep. But what you need to do is prepare for that and make sure you don't overspend now and make sure you have enough money for X amount of time. Yes. So it's, it's supposed to be a guide to help you. Mm -hmm. But not everybody couches it in those terms. Mm -hmm. It was just different than what I expected. I mean, I kind of knew, but I wanted to, I was hoping for the best, you know. Yeah. Well, and you could always... Even though things are going to be hard for a little while, uh, it could always work to your favor because oftentimes when things get more difficult for us, we get a lot more creative, mm -hmm. and that's where really good things happen. Mm -hmm. So sometimes spirit takes things away, so then we figure out, uh, we become more creative in getting it back or figuring out what's really important. Yeah. So look mm -hmm. for the lesson in what's happening. Okay, yes. That's the most important thing. Mm hmm Okay. All righty. So is there anything else you wanted to know? Um, no, that that was like mostly it since uh I was you know, I didn't really need a prediction. I just wanted a, like an explanation. You did a really great job. Oh well thank you. I have an and right after um after me at ten o'clock I stop at nine forty five, but at ten o'clock is um Jennifer O. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
she's listed under Hawaii Psychic, and she does a really good show on Law of Attraction. She does um, little mini readings during the course of the show also, I think. Mm-hmm. So she may be a good person to ask uh, Law of Attraction-wise, like what specifically you could do to help make this smoother. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's one of uh, my favorite people to work with. Okay, well, I'll look out for her. All righty. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. All righty. Let's look to see what other questions we have. Um, hmm. What are some of the common mistakes people do when listening to their own self-talk? And self-talk is basically, as you go through the day today, what I'd like you to do is really listen to what you're telling yourself as different things happen. We often beat ourselves up something fierce, and it's not always um, easy to combat that. It takes a lot of energy to stay on a positive note when you're constantly beating yourself up. Listen to the different voices in your head. They'll have different tones, different pitch. It'll have a different sharpness to the voice. It can have different diction. And you'll find that it's not just you in there, but oftentimes there's memories from when you were a child. You'll hear your parents' voices. You'll hear an uncle scolding you. You'll hear a teacher reprimanding you for something. And what you need to do is filter out those voices because they don't serve you anymore. They were there and uh, they are there in a sense to keep you out of trouble, but you're an adult now or you're getting older now and you need to be able to keep yourself out of trouble and you don't need to be scolded. You need to be guided. So instead of listening to those old ghosts in your head, those phantoms, you want to start listening to your spirit And the way to do that is to get rid of the clutter. So when you hear something, um, for instance, you're running down the steps to catch the subway and you trip and uh, you fall on your knee and it really hurts. And the first thing you say to yourself in your head is, you stupid idiot. That's no way to treat yourself. If that was your child who fell down the steps next to you, you wouldn't call them a stupid idiot. You would pick them up. Make sure that they were all right and comfort them. So that's what you need to do for yourself. You need to be your own mother in a positive aspect. Um, and pick yourself off, pick yourself up, brush yourself off, and really take note of how you're feeling, like what's really going on here. And when something like that happens and you get that sharp reaction, you stupid idiot you need to say back, I'm not a stupid idiot. I tripped. Be quiet. And the voice will fall silent. And you just empowered yourself. And it takes a lot of practice and a lot of attention to listen and talk back to it. You don't need to talk out loud. You can only get away with that in New York City as far as I'm concerned. But say to yourself, that's not true. That's not right. This is what's really going on. And reinforce the the actual situation. Reinforce your positive outlook on yourself. Reinforce uh, your good self-esteem. You can say things instead of saying, oh, I'm so afraid, I can't do this, I can't do this. You can reinforce that with, 
I am strong. I can do this. I will do this. I am doing this. Look at me. I'm doing this. This is awesome. I'm so awesome. And I know everyone laughs, but one of my favorite things to tell my clients to do, which is probably one of the harder things, is to look in the mirror and look right in your own eyes and tell yourself how much you love yourself and see what that brings up for you physically. Oftentimes we react to that in a negative manner when it doesn't really need to be a negative thing and it's something that can really help inspire our bodies to be healthy and really help inspire us to be joyful because, hey, this is the car you bought for this trip, so keep it in good shape and love it. It'll treat you well if you do that. So I want to thank Eddie for sending us different questions. He's so helpful. Let's see. So one of the common mistakes people do make when they're listening to their own self-talk is they listen to the negative instead of combating it with positive. So you want to combat it with positive and you want to tell it to be quiet and go away until you get to the point where it's all positive stuff in your head or primarily positive stuff. Um, isn't it true that seeing the future is really only is really only one version of that future. In other words, sometimes getting a psychic reading allows us to change our future. Yes, yes, and yes. Definitely, when you get a reading, I know that there are people out there who say they're 100% accurate, who um, make it sound very definitive that this will happen to you. you are, this is going to happen. And there are some things in your life that are pretty much inevitable. They're placed there in order to direct you. But there's not a lot, and it's not everything. So when you get a reading, if there are things there that you don't like, ask in the reading, well, how can I change that? What can I do to make that different? And if the person tells you that it's something you can't change, ask them why. What's it there for? What's it supposed to teach you? Why can't you change it? Where is it supposed to direct me? Where is it supposed to lead me? And um, I'm sure other psychics are like gritting their teeth while I'm speaking like this, but we're supposed to be guides. We're supposed to help people to move forward and become everything that they're, they're capable of being. And it's very important for us to realize that we are not infallible and that Self-will and, and free will is paramount. It trumps just about everything else. So always ask. If there's something you don't like, then always ask. What can I do to change that? Or why does that need to happen? Here's a really good one. Um, why are there guides when everyone has a higher self that is all-wise helping one through life. Why do you need different guides and guardians along your way? Why do you need a guardian angel when you have your higher self? That would be a really good topic for discussion because I, I was thinking about that when I was sent that question. And I don't know that I have a good answer for that. I would say it's because a part of the human existence is community, which is the same reason why um, healers often go to other healers 
as opposed to simply healing themselves because it's the community, it's the connection that's part of the healing process. Not that you can't heal yourself, but the healing process tends to <coughs> excuse me, accelerate with the help of others because we have that need for community as uh, human beings. So I would think the same may go for um, guidance, that you have a wise higher self, which basically is your connection with spirit. Um, that is your part of your soul that is still in the higher realms, that is still connected. We're all connected, but what we do as we get older oftentimes is we choose to disconnect. And we do that by doing things that actually, um, I think this is interesting, the things that are considered sins generally are the things that pull us away from the source and that disconnect us. Things like um, being untruthful, um, things like being unfaithful, things like taking drugs, smoking, alcohol, all that is are things that will disconnect you on some level, some more than others. Um, obviously, dishonesty and murdering someone without purpose will disconnect you on a, a greater degree, a more profound degree, more quickly than like simply smoking a cigarette, uh, which is more subtle. But having, having this, it's, it's really interesting. You need the connection, and you need different points of view. And I think part of it is part of the free will system, is that part of what we're here for is to learn. And you learn by doing. If we had all the answers, if we knew everything from jump, then there's no point in being here. There's no point in experiencing this. I once heard a quote that said that uh, we are the creators. We are the creator discovering itself. So I, I find that to be interesting. Then we have, are there differences between the quality and accuracy of different psychics? When can you tell when you have good and useful information? Well, that's easy. There's just like when you're going to a doctor, uh, you're going to any kind of a health practitioner, you're going to a lawyer, you're in school with a teacher. <coughs> Excuse me. People's talents vary, vary greatly. Not only do their talents and accuracy vary greatly amongst people, um, they also vary greatly between people. So you may go to somebody and you think they're utterly fantastic because energetically and vibrationally, you are on the same level as they are or you connect with them in such a way that the information flows very easily. You can have a really great psychic who's great with 99 people, and then they get one person who they just, it's horrible. They cannot read this person. They don't connect with this person. It doesn't make them a bad psychic. It just means that energetically they don't connect. There's, there's some kind of disconnect there. And psychics, like any other profession, we have good days and we have bad days. There are times when um, we feel very off when we're really not. The client tells us, wow, I was really great. 
there are other times where we feel we were really on and the client's like, what the heck are you talking about? So uh, everybody has good days and bad days. And you need to find someone, like we said last week, that um, really connects with you, someone that you feel comfortable with. And again, we'll go back to the solar plexus. If your solar plexus are relaxed and you feel comfortable with this person and you feel nurtured by this person, then that's probably a good person for you to go with. Accuracy, how can you tell accuracy? Accuracy is not really something um, because when I read for someone, I'm giving them these different choices. Whatever their decision is, that changes the reading, that changes the outcome. So how can you tell whether or not I was accurate? Maybe the accuracy comes in saying that you're going to have three choices. You're going to have these three different paths that you can go down and you need to pick one. Um, maybe it comes in that way. But you have to go by what you feel. Um, and right after that was, oh, I should have figured out which. Oh, how can you tell when you have good and useful information? Trust your instinct. Feel it. Really know um, when you're done with a reader, when you're done with a psychic reading, do you really feel good? Do you have an action plan? Is there something you can do? Now, it's not to say that they gave you all the answers, but they gave you some kind of guidance and direction. <coughs> Excuse me. And some kind of inspiration to move forward with. I've had people who I've read and they want a specific answer and I cannot give it to them because it's not, the decisions haven't been made yet and it's not their call. Um, sometimes when people call and ask about a job and there might be two people up for the same job that have the same qualifications, if the decision hasn't been made yet, I'm not really seeing it. I might be able to see beyond it, but at that point it's difficult to pinpoint which decision they're going to make because it comes down to the free will factor is what we'll call it. So um, does a reading predict the future, just provide probable guidance, provide guidance or probable outcome? <laughs> I believe we covered that. Um, it's there for guidance. It is not, the future is not 100% laid out. It is not. There are so many different directions that we can go in. So basically, you, you get a reading in order to get an idea of the landscape that's ahead of you. And then you choose how what you're going to do with that. Um, can one's own spirit or higher self speak directly to each person? Yes, they can. The question is, can that person hear them? Are they listening and are they clear? So, yes, even though your own higher self can speak to you and you can get guidance, the question is, are you objective enough to decipher what's being said to you in such a way that you make it useful? Even psychics will go to other people for clarification or for um, verification. I often it will call uh, Jennifer O, oh, who's the other Hawaii psychic, and ask her, I'm like, hey, you know, this, this, and this, and then she'll come back at me, usually with exactly what I was getting myself, and she does the same with me, where she'll call me and say, okay, I got this, this, and this, is this right? So 
it's always good to have that backup to bounce off of other people. It's just like when you're running a business and you have different business ideas. You have certain things set, but somebody else might have a different point of view and may present it to you differently. That might be useful. If we have all these tools available to us, <coughs> excuse me, why are most of us not happy, successful, or living a fulfilling life? That is really a good question. If we have all these t tools available to us, why is it most of us are not happy, successful, or living a fulfilling life? Well, I believe in large part it's because as we're as we become older, we're socialized to disconnect from spirit and from <clears throat> our real souls. And that leads us off track. We feel empty. It causes depression. And once we're disconnected, um, most of us don't know how to reconnect. So then you just kind of drift there for a really long time until you meet someone um, who inspires you to get back on track. And it's not just about self-talk, and it's not just about... Um, doing Reiki or getting these different types of healings and stuff. It's about really going deep inside yourself and allowing yourself to connect with source. And we could do a show on that if you're interested. Living a fulfilling life and having success, we all have different definitions of that. I think the problem is, is that in our society, success is seen as having toys and things. And not that, to me, that's not real success. To me, success is being happy. Success is doing things where you feel fulfilled, where you're helping other people. Um, so we need to change our definitions and our terms on these things. And then we'll find that a lot more people are successful than we thought. Now we're down to the last three minutes. And what I'd like to give you are my website and my email address. So email me with any questions. I haven't set up my next talk yet, but it will be next Sunday at 9 a.m. And my name is Gerilyn St. Joseph. I'm at psychicinhawaii.com. Email me at Gerilyn at voiceofspirit.com. That's G-E-R-A-L-Y-N, Gerilyn, at voiceofspirit.com. So some of the other shows that I'd like to do, um, Metaphysics 101, Two, which would be more questions because I have more questions here that were sent to me. What is a ghost? And speak specifically about that and talk about ghost stories. Talk story there. Um, chakra basics. What is energy healing? And uh, I see dead people. What do I do now? So those are just some other ideas we have. I'd also like to invite anyone who has children that they feel are sensitive to contact me because I'd like to start a second show dealing specifically with uh, what they're calling the new kids, but some of us have been around for a while to help lead the way. Uh, parenting is completely different with these children. The old traditional methods just don't work with them. They are too advanced. Too much is going on. So check out spiritualparents.com. 
spiritualparents.com and email me and let me know if uh, you're interested in a gathering of like minds. And we'll, we'll have a show and we'll talk about that. So again, it's Hawaii Psychic, Gerald St. Joseph, signing off from your Metaphysical Minute. Check in with us again next week. <clears throat> Check in with us again next week at on Sunday at 9 a.m. And let me know if you have any questions or anything that you would like to discuss. And my website is psychicinhawaii.com. Coming up at 10 o'clock at Hawaii Psychic is Jennifer O. Oh. She's my good friend, and I suggest you listen to her. She has a lot of good advice about the law of attraction, relationships, and so we have one minute left, and I guess I'll leave you with this. For the next week, what I want you to do is really listen to you. Listen to your self-talk. When you hear negative things, tell them to go away. That's not true. <laughs> and set them straight with a more positive attitude. If you'd like any type of training or to take my Completing the Circle course, which is about self-empowerment and reconnecting with spirit, please contact me at Geraldine at VoicesSpirit.com. That's G-E-R-A-L-Y-N at VoicesSpirit.com. And I hope you have a good day. I hope you stay warm wherever you are because it's kind of cold here in Hawaii. It's only been in the low 70s. Bye-bye. Aloha. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.